Hey, Justin, listener, quick PSA. Get that booster shot. <laughs> oh, get did, that COVID booster shot. Well, uh, did did why? Why have what? Not not that you shouldn't. Did that? Why? Um, I've been dodging coronavirus. Pew, left pew, and pew, right pew. in 2023. Um, and I got my booster shot about two weeks ago, and um, I shared a hotel room with someone who uh, my boss Sam, who. On Saturday, after all of the Game Awards event stuff went down, was like, he looks at me, he's English, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be real with you, man. I'm sweating bullets, and I got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so he he has COVID, um, and uh, he, he's all fine. He is also, like, vaccinated. I don't know if he's got the most recent booster shot, but what I'm trying to say is I got the most recent booster shot. I've been testing. I'm totally fine. So... Even you can survive being in basically shoulder to shoulder with someone who has COVID for uh, 72 full hours and you'll be uh, all right. I, I mean, I, I have yet to get my most recent booster shot yet. I was a little I got my um, flu shot um, and I was a little uh, upset because normally um, when uh, I would get my flu shot through my uh, insurance, they would also um give me my COVID shot too. They've been doing that the past yeah. few years, but this year they didn't. They just took five vials of my blood, um, poked me in the arm with something else and just sent me on my way without getting COVID vax. So now I am looking to get one. Yeah. I saved, saved me. Um, cause yeah, like, like I would say it's hard to get more exposed than that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, there you go. So get that get that shot. And also, science is real, and we love science, and we should all care about each other. So get that shot. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, it's just another another thing to do, just just for safety, especially around the yes. holidays. Your family's coming, and that's kind of like specifically why I got it. I got it because I was like, I know I'm going to be traveling. I know I'm going to be like meeting a lot of people, shaking hands, like doing whatever. Like I would just rather, you know, maybe feel crappy for one day before than have to deal with that like in december in like the middle to late december you know what i mean yeah um but i didn't even like i have never had a reaction to the covid vaccine um i felt totally fine getting my booster this time so i know that like people tend to hear the horror horror stories of like oh my gosh i got the vaccine and like my arm grew another arm <laughs> that doesn't happen to everyone didn't happen to me i was fine you'll be fine too um get the booster i've never got i've never yeah. got covid before um but i think on my third booster shot after having really no adverse uh side effects for my first two my third one i got um i got the fever i got a little bit of that going on didn't test positive for covid but that was like the closest i got to to really succumbing to it um so sure, knock on wood sure. and there's even a lot of time there too like like uh during some like times when I'm like, I'm testing way too much because I'm like, maybe I'm going to get an extra bonus day off right now. <laughs> and I just didn't, didn't get it. Didn't get I know it. What you mean, uh, you'll remember I got I had COVID. I had it pretty fucking hard in 2021. Yeah. Um, it, it took me out for like eight full days. It was as you remember, we were recording a hitbox. And by the time we were done with it, I was like, Justin, yeah, it, was, <laughs> Justin it was just no. it was just me at the end. there. <laughs> and then and then when I woke up essentially from my COVID coma, um, uh, it was like pretty much the day that we recorded the next episode. So it was, it was, I was bad. So get that booster. Just do Dude, it. It'll yeah, save booster. you. Booster. Boost it up. But you know what's going to save you today? 
this episode of our podcast. Is it? <laughs> <laughs>welcome back to hitbox episode number 172 my name is peter on spitak and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich how's it going man how are things i'm gonna kill all the leaves in my yard in fact i actually did kill all the leaves in my yard i hate owning a home because it means you have a yard that you have to deal with Um, sure sure, sure i basically spent my entire sunday outside taking every leaf off my property because it they had just stacked up everywhere and there was like a snow before i had time to like get rid of that last batch of leaves so they were just there um but i got a leaf vacuum and peter have you ever used a leaf vacuum before i have not is it i mean is it just exactly what it sounds like it is, except you get to put it on a backpack, and it has all the leaves. It's like a, it's like a oh, little thing in your back. yeah, all right. Then you like like just start going with it and just sucking up leaves. It's really great. It's really fun for about 10 minutes, and then you're out there for about four hours, and it loses its appeal quite soon during that process, uh- but... Did you consider it all just raking, raking them, and then and sort of bagging them away, or is that there were there were a lot, and like the leaf vacuum mulches them too, um, so it like makes the obviously like cuts up the leaves so they're not as big, so you don't take as many bags up because I I had a metric shit ton of leaves on my property, and I only have one little tree in my on my house, one little tree, but all my neighbors they like hang over into my yard. I had to deal with that stuff. But let me tell you, my my yard looks pretty nice, pretty pretty almost leaf free right now, and I feel. I feel great. Well, congratulations, Justin. Thank you. I'm truly Thank you. very excited to yeah. hear that. Yeah. You know what else I'm excited to hear about? What? Video game news. Here are three oh. headlines that we're going to talk about. Uh, the Game Awards results are in, and there were a lot of announcements. The day before releases, and then chaos ensues, and Avatar releases, and is exactly what you think. We're going to talk about those three things and more. Before we get into it, Justin, I want to tell our listeners that they can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. They can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. You can become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer just like jay noel gks and dave parker every single week those deluxe podcast producers get a 30 minute additional bonus episode we've already recorded our bonus episode for this week um we went into the details of what it was like for me going to the game awards for the first time um and and sort of all of the interesting people that i got to meet and shake hands with and and talk to um so if that sounds interesting to you um you can check that out again on our patreon that's patreon.com slash hitbox pod you cannot donate to us monetarily that's all good you can follow us on twitter at hitbox pod or rate this episode in your podcast player of choice justin let me take you to the metacritic roundup Metacritic Roundup. All right, there's one game in the Metacritic Roundup, Justin. It's all that matters, the one that matters. Coming in at the very end of the year. Um, in a season when, like, usually this is kind of when some of those really, really big games would come out, but now it's kind of shifted to, like, September-ish. Um, Avatar, colon, Frontiers of Pandora. 
On the personal computer, it scored a 73. On the PlayStation 5, a 77. And the Xbox Series X, a 76. Justin, I've played about two hours of Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Let me tell you what. Best game ever? uh, These are pretty fair. Oh, Um, okay. Well, these are are pretty fair scores here. Um, This is, I mean, exactly what it looks like. You know Far Cry? You ever play Far Cry? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's oh. that with the Avatar flavor, um, which is, um, is okay. cool and fun, but yeah. So off the bat, I think one of the things when I was looking at this game is that it looked like it had a little bit more of a story than um, like a, a Far Cry game. Is that true in terms of like cutscenes and and graphics and things like that? Or is it just kind of like literally like you're just here, take this gun, do this shit kind of story? Um, I mean, it starts off and it is pretty story heavy. Basically, you play as um, one of the Navi uh, who has who is sort of like raised in captivity by humans um, by the RFA, I think, is the name of the the people who like the bad guys from the Avatar movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, you and, and a handful of other people, um, other Navi were uh, taken from your tribe as kids and um, sort of raised to be sort of one of them. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, like, y- you sort of see the disillusion of, like, culture a little bit, which I think is actually kind of cool. Um, basically, like, you've got one friend who, like, doesn't... You're not supposed to speak the Navi language at all while you're in this, like, school, um, but you've got, like, one friend who who doesn't even really, like, know how to speak it anymore. Um, and... Um, I-, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like, you have, like, a handful of different people who, like, feel different ways about like your own culture and like the culture of the, the humans and stuff like that. But, um, it starts out pretty story heavy. And then once it opens up, it gets a lot more, um, far cry of like, Hey, go here, do this, um, report back to this guy, get a weapon upgrade and, and do that sort of stuff. Um, how is the exploration? Um, it's okay. Uh, I, I think that if you remember, there are previews for this game that, that sort of said like, you know, this, needs some more direction and i would say that's a little bit true um it seems like ubisoft kind of heard the feedback of like okay too many too much of a ui how about no ui (laughs) you know what i mean Um, how about no direction at all and and like i would say ubisoft that there is a happy medium that i would have maybe uh gone for with that maybe Um, a little wind a little wind going that you follow the wind along I, I like what you're saying there, the Ghost of Tsushima thing, but there is like actually a lot of um, importance placed on weather conditions. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to mean. I think there are some, there's like a lot of like harvesting that you do, you know what I mean, of different plants and stuff. And it seems like there are certain plants that like, if you harvest while it is raining, let's say, you they have a boost to them. Um, there are wind conditions that I think are going to play into when you eventually get the, the like, big pterodactyl looking things, you know what I mean? That are like from avatar that you see in the trailers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm assuming that like that sort of stuff will play into those things. Um, but for right now at the very least, like there does seem to be an actual emphasis on like the environment, which is kind of cool because that's, you know what this game is. Um, it looks really good. It, the game is pretty. It was very pretty. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just like looking at some of these screenshots now. It looks really bright and big. Um, I'm interested to see, how 
you can like where you can fly necessarily because it looks like there are these like kind of like big like vistas in the background um do you know how like far where you can go in this map are you there invisible walls everywhere is it really kind of truly just this beautiful world so far i'm I'm pretty much just in the like sort of first area um which is pretty big and and when i zoom out on the map screen like it's not even like a sixth of it like it, it seems like it's a pretty big um area and so i'm imagining that you know if you end up having that free roam stuff um that you're going to be able to go just all over the place um the combat's pretty simple so far i've just been using the the bow and arrow um mm. but for the most part like you're fighting people with guns eventually you yourself do get guns i do know that um but the bow and arrow feels like snappy and, and good to use um there's an emphasis on stealth a little bit where like if you remember the movie there's like those like big like warhammer ass mech suits that that they that the humans sort of run around in like you can fight those head on but it's just like not a good idea um what if you what you can do is like you have like avatar vision essentially which is like mapped to the right bumper and when you hold it down you can see like things in the environment and stuff like that and um you can see the weak points of the of the mech where if you shoot one of those weak points with a bow and arrow it'll just totally disable the mech um and the, the guy inside will hop out but at least he's not you don't have to fight him with the whole mech suit you know um so that's kind of cool um yeah like let me say i don't hate this game i it's maybe not like exactly what i want from from open world games now um but it is like a a pretty solid version of this far cry formula uh and it seems like there is multiplayer so like if if you're looking to do this with someone um i I don't know like it's got like the the checklist that I, i think a lot of people look for when they play open open world games um, I, I, I hear uh, some reviews that I wrote of talking about how this is just um, Horizon in first person. Um, is that true? Oh. And if so, is it better than Horizon? I mean, I like it more than Horizon, um, but like, I, I don't think I wouldn't say that it is Horizon with with in first person. Uh, I'll also say like it's probably worse than Horizon. I think I just like this a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, like there are. Um, there's a certain charm to this that I think Horizon lacks. Um, I'm not going to finish this in the way that I finished Horizon. You know what I mean? Um, it, like, j- just like this is going to be a longer game, I imagine. Uh, just for the sake of because it's an open world game and like there's just others. Like I want to play Baldur's Gate 3. Like I want to finish that, you know. Um, but I'm going to play it a little bit more because I have it for work. And and I'm curious. I want I want to get to the really fun looking aspects of this game uh, have um, you, but have you put, have you it, put your ponytail in anything yet i have I, I connected to a big seed pod and me and my friends all connected to it together which i mean Some, somehow I, that was worse than i was expecting it, it happened <laughs> it happens me and my friends we all get together and there's a big seed pod it's got a bunch of tendrils on it and i put my ponytail on it uh, yeah, um okay. yeah i think if you're a fan of horizon you'll probably like this if that makes sense um, yeah yeah uh, I'm never, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to like walk away being like Avatar Frontiers of Pandora kind of is really good. I'm not saying that, but I am saying like, it's enjoyable. It's got a charm to it. Um, it's story is janky as fuck. <laughs> it starts out like, uh, and it, it like, it keeps fading to black <laughs> and then like text just shows up on screen being like eight years later, the resistance is rising or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> that would have been cool if you showed us that instead of just like 
telling me that like, okay, that's fine. You had budget, you had budget for the other cutscenes here, but, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, Eight years is a lot to animate. They, I guess so. Uh, it starts out and is just, um, name drops Jake Sully, the main character from the movie, um, <laughs> in a way that was not silly, but like, uh, you don't have to have watched the movie to play this, if that makes sense, um, because like it's just not connected at all. But like it does, I, I think, like connect to all of the stuff from the movie and from the second movie, if, if I'm not mistaken. But. Here's I, a detail I like. Yeah, uh, you're, you're like nine feet tall or something like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, like the, the, the Navi are like really tall. And so like the people in comparison are like puny and. A lot of the man-made structures are not built for you to be inside. So when you do go inside, you've got to like crouch the whole time. And it's kind of interesting because like it means that you are like constantly like walking through like, oh, you're in the you're in the gym and in the gym inside the gym, it's got like a really high ceiling. You know what I mean? So you can like stand up fully and move around like at normal speed. But then like you go into this hallway and up, oh, it's a small hallway. So you got to like crouch um, and the opening section when you're like leaving the facility is kind of cool because you're like alternating between these spaces and stuff like that. And you're doing this like you're running away and so you're like constantly like sliding down hallways and like around corners and stuff it's it's kind of cool it's, it's got a charm to it that i i kind of like and and that sort of attention to detail i think really sells the world if that makes sense did did you feel like you were gandalf in like frodo's little house at any point oh you know it's like i know you're kind of making a joke but, but like it does kind of feel like that yeah you're like, yeah 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 um I don't know. Like, like, like I said, I don't, I don't hate this game. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I, I do. There is something to it, I guess. I feel like if I'd feel the same way about this game that I do about the movies, like, I think the movies are like perfectly enjoyable. I don't like, I don't feel like I, I need to see them, but like I enjoy them. And for some reason, when you watch them, you have no ideas that you just watched a three hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous. And if you were looking for, a um, beautiful vista to spend your afternoons in then Pandora might just be it. Um, and it, like, again, like if you were looking for just like a, a game that to check boxes off and to, to clear out the map and, and stuff like that, like if you're a far cry fan, I think that you can't possibly recommend a game anymore <laughs> than, than something like this. Oh yeah. Um, Cause also it, it like, because it's got the Navi flavor to it though, like it is kind of an interesting and like kind of new like experience, you know what I mean? Like, whereas like Far Cry, like how many times are you going to have to, you know, resist against the the bad guys and, and clear the island and stuff like that? And it's just all the same weapons, all the same encounters. Whereas like with this, at least there's like kind of an interesting like flavor to it. Does it make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I I am interested enough in the world of Avatar and James that James Cameron created to like explore around in this place a little bit, get to know a little bit more about these characters. I think it's interesting enough. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Avatar frontiers of Pandora. Um, I probably will play it a little bit more, but and, and between right now and, and when we talk next, but there you go. Justin, have you been playing anything? Do you finish resident evil four? You know, they said this day would never come. They said our sights were set too high. They said this country was too divided, too disillusioned to ever come together around a common purpose. But on this December night, at this defining moment in history, you have done what the cynic said we couldn't do. I beat Resident Evil 4. I've Wait done it. Here. 
The door's locked. I can't open it. This goes on for another uh, 90 seconds. Don't you stand there? Oh, my God. Uh, Congratulations, man. Yeah, I, so did you like it? I want to know everything. So um, now, that, now that the dust is settled. Now yes. that the dust is settled, I, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, I, um, I understand those people who think incorrectly that the original game is better. <laughs> sure. Um, um, real quick, jokes aside, I had um, a meeting about like making a video about like comparing old games and new games and stuff like that specifically games that have been remade and um a friend of mine was like well it just doesn't make sense to do that because like every single time the new game is gonna win and he's like because like look at resident evil 4 and then like four other people in this meeting eyebrows kind of shot up and we're like "Mm." (laughs) and i was like hey man just so you know like the reason why i think this video series is interesting is because i 100 percent disagree with you (laughs) um but go on. So yes, keep talking. No, I I, I think uh, it, it is it is the way to get me back into uh, to get me back into that game and get me to play it. I think yeah. Um, even near the end there, when I guess it becomes more of an actiony game than anything, um, I I think that's where the action combat of this game shines. I cannot imagine playing this game with that combat at the end on that last couple those last couple like. Uh, areas with like the turrets and everything that are coming at you sure. i can't imagine that being a fun way to play that game i can understand when the first half of the game how the stilted controls made sense for the horror elements of it but when you suddenly fucking become rambo in that game yeah that's actually a good way to describe it <laughs> like it, it totally yeah. like i just don't know how that would would connect um, with those controls. But I also think there's just so much of the little things that they did with the story um, that just make it so much better. Uh, I Looking at the very end of the game um, of the original, and I watched a lot of like the differences and cutscenes between everything. In the original mm-hmm. game, Ashley is basically like, let's fuck. And, <laughs> and then Leon the has end? to be yeah. like, nah. And in this one... <laughs> yeah. They have this whole thing where they they keep setting up through the dialogue that Ashley wants to feel like she's useful. And Leon basically says, like, you were very useful. Eventually, you're not going to even need me anymore. And this, like, just kind of, like, little, like, throwaway line that, like, it just, I don't even think it's that much that it modernizes it. It just makes the story not cringe. And I think as much as we can say there is, like, you know, it's part of the fun of this and Leon's little one-liners and stuff like that. They still had a lot of those moments, and it still had a lot of that, but it had more heart to it i care more about leon ultimately though the remake could have fixed so many little like aspects of this story that i think really could have made this an elite story they Mm -hmm. could have fixed how they integrated all of leon's training and his background the krauser stuff was such a a, 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 like a insert into something that didn't need to be there just did not fit um but there's there's some just really cool moments in there. I really enjoyed. Again, I don't know how this differed from the original. I enjoyed that little like run back to the lab when you're Ashley at the very end, like right before you're about to. Sorry, spoilers for the game. That's I guess not really a hundred years old, but like is like a year old. But like that yeah, moment right. when when you're like when you're you're you know going to the lab. They have that like the the kind of like creepy like time when you're like kind of going in and out of like reality and not. Um, that that was just such a cool moment to like get to that that point when again Ashley is still the one who kind of comes back and and saves you in the long run. 
Um, I don't know. It was just, it was a delightful game. Um, I don't think this game to me is what a 10 out of 10 would be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think it ever could be. And I think even like the original one, like my biases aside to that, I think there were enough issues with the story and with the pacing and with some of just the the little moments that um, I, I felt could have been better. Um, but as a whole top to bottom, I really did enjoy my time playing this game a lot. I do have to say, I'm very disappointed. I thought we were going to go back and once you were unlocking all those like reward points throughout the game, you would go back and be able to unlock, uh, like unlimited ammo for your shotgun. Like you could in resident evil village. It's not really quite like that. Like you have to do a lot more challenge based things to open up the option to unlock some of those overpowered weapons. Um, which, you know, I get why they don't want to give you that kind of God mode right off the bat. But, Mm -hmm. um, I I think playing new game plus on this would be actually kind of fun because like just keeping all your upgrades to your weapons and stuff would be, would be kind of great. So I don't know. I I enjoy the game. It was way better than I expected, um, it to be. I enjoyed so many elements of it. Um, and I can't recommend uh, this enough if you like resident evil. Sure. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I get that. I uh, I think I probably agree with you on just about everything uh, for the most part. Um, and and even in the places where like I would like disagree in terms of like I prefer the the qualities of the original over the the remake. Like I don't disagree about your assessment and analysis of the qualities of the remake if that makes sense and and we're talking that make sense yeah yeah because i mean i just want to be clear everyone we're talking about a 10 out of 10 game in the original resident evil 4 game that i literally could not get through because of those controls like for me that is like the number one barrier to it something that i i could not get past that and the fact that they fixed this that makes that game everything i wanted and I got to play that yes. game. So on that aspect of loan, as much as I joke about old games are old, that was just something I could not get past. And now I don't have to ever. I'll never beat that game. And I, I will go to my grave happy. And then I, I guess I will say this, though, like what's cool is like now that you play the remake, like you have gotten the full flavor of that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. There's there's just not like there's nothing. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say there's nothing to gain out of it for someone like you who didn't who has no interest in playing it but like you're free man (laughs) i never had that guilt ever again yeah yeah you're free you can you know you can go outside you can like do anything else um (laughs) with with your time i I hate to interrupt this resident evil 4 conversation um although we've we've talked about a few times over the past few weeks so so uh, i feel like that seems to sum up your your final thoughts on the game is that about right yep um, I don't mean to, to take us back to the Metacritic roundup, but um, a review, the first review that I'm sort of seeing for the day before uh, on IGN is up. Oh, by, um, oh, oh, a friend of mine, uh, Gabriel Moss. Um, so the day before, Justin, don't look at this. Don't look at this. Don't look at this. Do not look at this IGN review. I want to talk. I am curious. OK, 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 OK. The day before is a game that's been in development for about five years. It was announced and promised to be an MMO rpg zombie shooter game um where you run around a world it's kind of like a looter shooter where you run around a world that's infected with zombies and there basically there's like npcs in like a hub village um but for the most part you are just dealing with um other players the early access went up uh four days ago there was no beta testing no nothing and (laughs) four days later the developer Fanatic or Fantastic uh, shuts down 
And now, the day before has a review on IGN. What do you think IGN, my friend Gabriel Moss, gave the day before? I, w- I would hate to assume that it... No, no, I'm going to say it's less than a one. Can you give it less than a one? I don't think so. One. It got a one. Okay. The day before is easily one of the worst <laughs> games I've ever played to the point where I'm afraid to continue running it on my PC. If you didn't manage to try it, you can count yourself as one of the lucky ones. Holy shit. That looks so bad. That That is such a bad. That's so bad. So basically, like, let me give you the rundown of this thing. So like that <laughs> was the like, like, like I said, it was like supposed to be an MMO. Right. Um, but the game is not. It's an extraction shooter. <laughs> And, and so, like, basically a bunch of people feel lied to. It's currently one of the worst reviewed games on Steam of all time. Uh, and earlier today, Fantastic um, released this statement. It says, today we announced the closure of Fantastic Studios. Unfortunately, the day before has failed financially and we lack the funds to continue. All income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. We invested in all our efforts, resources, and man hours into the development of the day before, which was our f- first huge game. We really wanted to work uh, to release new patches to reveal the full potential of the game, but unfortunately, we don't have the funding to continue the work. It's important to note that we didn't take any money from the public during the development of the day before. There were no pre-orders or crowdfunding campaigns. We worked tirelessly for five years, pouring our blood, sweat, and tears into the game. At the moment, the future of the day before and Prop Night, I assume that's their previous game, is unknown, but the servers will remain operational. We apologize if we didn't meet the, your expectations. We did everything within our power, but unfortunately, we miscalculated our capabilities. Creating games is an incredibly challenging endeavor. Um, fantastic. So like, damn, that's wild. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. So just looking at this, this is according to, uh, Diario. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Mara station, um, a webs, an article called the day before devs are closing the studio and using the money to pay debts, um, by Alejandro Castillo. Um, allegedly this game, uh, cost anywhere from let's see uh 19 to 25 million dollars and the revenue was about 11 million dollars oh my gosh and further reports say that the game sold about 200,000 units and had over 91,000 refunds that's wild um it it is no longer up on steam even though them saying like you know the, the game will stay up or whatever um but wow, I mean, this was supposed to come out earlier this year. Um, it, it what's that? Let me see here. Um, 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 um. There was one where it got delayed like three days before it was going to come out earlier this year, and it got delayed into December. And everyone's like, "This thing is a scam!" Like, they, this is absolutely um, not not going to happen. So, so sorry. So say that again. So, so who said that they had used funds for something else? Oh, they, they use, they're using the funds to pay off debts. This is an article by Mara Station by uh, Alejandro Castillo basically said um, that they're closing the studio down because they just had so many debts for this game. And I honestly think this is just something that... Did you see the initial uh, previews of this game or the initial... Uh, not previews, the initial uh, trailers of this game? Yeah, it's one of those Look- things where like this... This was announced five years ago, you know what I mean? And it was supposed to be using some of those like big new Unreal Engine assets and stuff like that. But now all these games have come out that use that stuff. And so it's just like the idea of it is a lot less impressive. But like, yeah, like it looked pretty cool, but just like just 
totally, totally died here. And like the graphics looked like they were actually good at the time. Um, but I was watching some funny ass bugs of this game. Um, if you look online, one of them basically had like a character that you're like walking by and his head blew up to like yes. kaiju yes. size. Like, yes, in the area of and then every, you, you move it and like go back and then you come back up and go back. It was yes. just like, so silly. Um, but I mean, First of all, like, it just goes to show you how expensive video games can be. Um, like, and for that much money to be put into a game, almost $25 million, and it just doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty bad. Um, DayZ, do you remember DayZ? This yeah. was like a big survival, yeah, like, horror open world game. Um, release a similar statement. Uh I feel like maybe in poor taste. Um, I mean, like, I guess I'll read this to you here. Uh, it's in the same font and the same white background, black text. It says today we want to primarily celebrate for no reason at all. All the remarkable 10th anniversary of day Z. It is with immense gratitude we commemorate a decade of passion, creativity, and unwavering support of our incredible community. In this milestone moment, we are delighted to announce the thriving success of Daisy, our groundbreaking MMO experience that has captivated audiences worldwide. This open-world survival masterpiece, enriched with years of dedication, has truly flourished in a gaming marvel. Um, throughout the years, we poured boundless efforts, resources, and man hours into the development of DayZ. From the immersive open world design to the adrenaline pumping survival elements, every aspect has been meticulously crafted to provide an unparalleled gaming experience. The journey began in 2013 with the release of Early Access of DayZ, followed by the 1.0 update in 2018 and the subsequent releases of the Livonia DLC in 2019. We express our deepest gratitude and amazing community. Uh, to the amazing community that has been with us every step of the way. Your unwavering support has made this incredible journey possible, and we look forward to many more years of adventure, exploration, and camaraderie in the expansive world of DayZ. Um, I, I think that they are poking fun at um, at uh, uh, Fantastic, just because, like, there are a lot of claims that, like, Fantastic is just doing DayZ. Like, it's, like, literally beat for beat every single thing um, uh, uh, that DayZ was doing. Um, so I, I think, I think that's what they're going for, but I don't know. It's kind of in bad taste. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Hey, I mean, uh, the market will tell you if it's in bad taste or not. I think if there were people who were legitimately interested in this game, this, this company's like, try this game, have fun. Yeah. This is what you wanted. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but I do think, I mean, speaking of, uh, last week when you talked about plagiarism, um, there is, you know, what's the difference between being inspired and copying something? You know, there's a ton yeah. of games that are inspired by things and a ton of things that are copying things. And if you are like Daisy, I'm sure you saw them coming up being like, this ain't just, this isn't, this ain't feeling right for us. And I'm sure they have more context than we do. Um, speaking of lawyers, by the way, um, this is a, a, a side story. Did you hear about that um, Florida Joker story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With uh, uh, GTA 6. Yeah. So uh, we talked about the trailer last week, but uh, basically they have this like a bunch of like social media clips that they've parodied on the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. And they're parodying like real people and real things that have happened, I'm presuming, in Florida. Um, and one of them, they showed like a mugshot of this guy who is dressed like the Joker um, getting like a little mugshot or whatever. And it's apparently based on a real person. They call him the Florida Joker. And um, he basically 
on a video that he posted to social media was like, oh, they're using my likeness. Okay, then I want like a million, two million dollars from you, Rockstar. Um, so he's like saying this thing, like basically he's going to sue Rockstar. Um, and then uh, the voice actor of Arthur Morgan. <laughs> yeah, Roger Clark. Roger Clark is basically like, all right, dude, do you, do you really want to take on Rockstar, Rockstar's lawyers? You want to take on their lawyers because they have yeah. gone, they've done all their research. You're not getting anything from them. And they kind of have like, even though he was like going at him, he had that little, little thing of advice just being like, use this celebrity that you have right now to do something with it. Don't sue Rockstar. Use the celebrity that they gave you to do something with it. Um, but man, yeah, let me tell you, there's some people I wouldn't want to like mess with legally. Uh, Rockstar's one of them, which is why I would never leak a fucking video, which is even more funny that they were the ones to post it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Lindsay Lohan, I think, tried to sue Rockstar. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for like four years and lost. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think this Florida Joker guy's got much, no. much of a chance. But I mean, yeah. Hey, man, uh, become a streamer. <laughs> like, maybe you're a crazy person. Maybe like I don't know you, man. Like so maybe you, you shouldn't. But like, if you're like become a streamer and be like, I'm the Florida Joker, streaming Grand Theft Auto Six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think you could. You could make something of that but um sorry just want to head back for metacritic roundup for the day before um one out of ten from uh <laughs> from ign here uh justin you've been playing alan wake too i have and i, I want to hear what you think all right strap in buddy i'm in alan wake too they have modernized alan wake yeah and they've made the original Alan Wake, a modern game feeling like a modern game, but there are some design choices in this fucking game that are straight out of the early two thousands that are nearly, I don't want to say unforgivable. It's what they're, they're going to that survival horror game. Yes. And that includes not enough bullets Half of your boss battles are looking for more ammo. Yes. Um, save points, those are optional, right? Except when you die and you have to replay 20 minutes of something. Those are fun. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, those are really my two complaints. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, the, I, I am not enjoying that part of the game. Um, I feel there's a couple of, of moments in it that are... I'm just I'm taken back to my 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 feelings of playing these older video games that I'm just not a fan of. Um and I don't feel like some of the the actual like fighting is great. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy the combat of this game. Um I actually struggle a lot with some of the combat a little bit just like aiming correctly. Um I to the point where I'm like is this the PlayStation Portal? Is that is this what what it's going? So I tried not doing it on the PlayStation Portal. Um they're like these wolf animals that you fight in it these wolf dogs those wolves are, are pretty pretty tough yeah they're kind of a pain in the butt um so I'll, I'll start with those negative things about it plus the map is kind of annoying to me um yeah i wish they and i know like they're, they they try to have it so you like look at the map to find out where to go but i just find it's a little bit ambiguous at some times and the game is very dark um, in yes. some of the locations, so like as part of the game, but like trying to navigate your way through these like dark foresty areas is just kind of like, 
to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they start this story off so much better than the other Alan Wake. I am so much more invested in where the story is going than the other Alan Wake. Um, there's even just like the lore and the setup of it is so much better. Exploring the world is so much better than the original Alan Wake. And is I does the combat get any more complex than it does in the first like three hours? No, not really. I'm a little worried about that because I think by the end of the Alan Wake one game, you kind of like the combat just becomes like kind of silly with how powerful you become and how many like combat options you have. This one, it just kind of feels like every time there's combat, I'm not like, yay. It's like, all right, well, hopefully I have enough bullets. (laughs) I would say that the combat is the weakest part of, um, the weakest part of Alan Wake two. Um, and there's one, the story is interesting. I think the acting is generally good with a few slight exceptions. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed in control when characters had no fucking emotion to the weird shit that was happening. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, it's another day at the job. Like, it's fine. Right. This Cause, is- cause that was kind of funny. Cause it was like, right. It's like insanity. Like, yeah. And yes. But this one, you literally have a situation where, spoiler alerts, a fucking dead body comes up, zaps someone out of reality, and starts fucking yep. attacking you. <laughs> and your character yep. is like, how did that happen? We should probably go to Cauldron Lake. And then you have yep. a guy calling back up, and you're like, yep, send all the guys you got over to Cauldron Lake. And, you're, and I'm like, you're not going to react like a human in this moment. Like just a little yeah. bit, just a little bit like a human. So some of that stuff already is a little bit odd to me, but I understand like the kind of flow that a lot of these remedy stories have, but I just wish I could understand that from the Alan Wake side of things. Cause he is kind of this like stoic writer character. I just wish when a, when a, uh, like a waitress comes up to you and says, your daughter's going to die. You like, fucking handle that worse you know what i mean like, yes yes like, she, handled, she, she like <laughs> takes it in stride in a way that to me i was confused at the beginning i was like did did that happen yeah and yeah maybe, maybe that's the point but it was one of those things where it was like because saga doesn't really have a response to that other than like no my daughter's alive it's yeah like, it's it's it is, weird it's a little bizarre you're right um but the vibes of the spooky like i don't think i've necessarily seen these kind of like spooky vibes that effective in a game in a, yeah. in a while um in terms of scaring one of the most frequent scares they do is like a like a flash on your screen with a weird audio cue to it is one of the yeah, more yeah, common yeah. ones but regardless of that like the the ambiance is so creepy um the just when you're out in the woods and like you're just walking around the woods it is like really good spooky environment that they make um so i'm really enjoying that side of things i'm enjoying to liking to see where the story is going i do kind of hate the case board situation oh you don't like it i just don't feel like it's doing anything it just seems like i'm just doing a linear thing i don't feel like i'm solving anything or doing anything it feels like i'm just putting the picture down where it needs to go and it's becoming cumbersome I do understand, like, yes, because you're not, like, you personally are not, like, solving anything yeah. for the most part. Like, it's usually, like, you put this one photo in the one of the four places that it could go, but it's usually pretty obvious where it should go. Um, and while I do I do think that that is a, a valid and, and legit critique, something I really appreciate about the case board is that it it kind of makes sure that you're on the same page about what's happening. 
at the very least. You know what I mean? I because it, it does. You know, the story gets a little fucky. <laughs> it, it gets a little weird, <laughs> and and so like. Because you have that case board, you're able to just be able to go over the facts of, oh, that's what this meant or, oh, that's what this discovery means for this. And I think it would be better. Alan doesn't have that. He has a different thing. And I think it would be better if Alan had that, too, because his stuff tends to be the more weird, weird. stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, full disclosure, I'm probably like uh, chapter three. I'm still just in saga side of things. Um, I haven't really like jumped into Alan's side, but but Alan has appeared. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Uh on the beach? Yeah. Okay, okay. Or, or has my, he? My favorite part of that game, I think probably my favorite part, is right there before you go into the the threshold for the first time, when you realize uh, the the poem of when you find the manuscript page of uh, uh, I brought you the heart, witch. now, now show me the terror. And like you put, I, at least as I was reading the manuscript page, I was like, <gasps> we've got to get the, the heart that was cut out of Nightingale and put it inside the heart of the witch in the, like that little witch cut out and like full body chills about like the thought of like how gross that would be of like taking this heart. You know what I mean? Like, I put that together the second before Saga puts it together. And then she's like, oh, gosh, I do not want to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so like the writing is so pulpy. Like I love like it's so like over the top and like so like. Like purposefully like heavy, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just like it. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think the there's something so creepy, too, about like them reading what's happening to them. Yes. In a way that like in, in the first game, like. He comments on it like the first time he picks up a manuscript page where he's like, this is weird. Um, But like in in this one, in the second one, they make a point for the most part for the first several times when you find the manuscript pages where you're like, hey, this is bizarre. (laughs) Like, Like, it's not just a little weird. It's like this is very kind of upsetting. And like then they're wondering, like, is this a clue for us? Like what you know, what exactly is this? Um, It's it. They stop commenting on it as much as the game goes on because at that point they're just like they figure out it's, sort of it's what it normal is, but. which makes sense but um i do have to say the game is slower paced than i expected at times yeah um I, does that pick up a little bit um in what way like does it does the pacing just move a little quicker at certain points between story beats um, oh i see what you're saying uh, yes and no i i find that it, it's sort of broken up into like uh, two types of set, three types of sections. There are like the more story based sections, like at the beginning and end of the chapters usually. And then there are the middle exploration sections with when, with it's when it's saga, it's usually like you're going to a place that like you were either told not to go or like told like, Hey, there might be something like weird for the investigation here. And you're like doing like some investigative stuff there. Um, and, and like, that's where like the bulk of like the combat you're going to be doing is um, like, for example, when she's like, okay, we got to go back to Cauldron Lake. And then now you've got the gun and everything. You're like sort of exploring and, and doing like combat stuff there. Um, and like doing investigation stuff. Or when you're Alan, you are doing these like puzzly things, um, with the, in the writer's room, you'll, you'll get to that. You'll like, that's in the Alan stuff, which you haven't gotten to yet. Um, similar stuff, but you are doing, um, sort of different things by like writing and rewriting certain aspects of the story you're in and stuff like that. Um, does the story itself to like keep up this pace, of how it starts because i think it starts off pretty strong in terms of my interest to where it's going does it keep that Mm -hmm. up would you say i would say so for me i find the saga stuff to be more interesting 
um, because it's it's more sensical. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because it's more straightforward of like Saga is looking for answers about X. So she goes to do Y and then she finds Z. You know what I mean? Um, and so like that is just a little bit more straightforward and in my opinion, a little bit more gripping because with the Alan stuff, um, which you'll eventually, this isn't a spoiler. You'll eventually be able to switch between the two of them. Um, I know I'm so sorry. Uh, you'll be able to switch between the two of them for their stories. And like at the Alan stuff is a lot more like cerebral, you know, and it's not directly like telling you the story of like what is happening. And a lot of the time with when you get done with an Alan chapter, you're usually left like, Hey, uh, what, <laughs> you know, whereas with saga, it's, it's like I said, it's just like a lot more straightforward. Cause the narrative is a lot more like, e- like easily understandable. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying the game. I just think it has some hurdles to get over for me to like it to, no, no, to, for me to love it, but sure, sure. I am liking it more than Alan Wake which is a victory for me. Yes. And, and I think like it is a better game than the first sound link. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to replay it when I can, because they just added their, their new game plus stuff, which has a new ending and apparently remixes some of the story beats. Ooh. Um, I am, I'm going to be interested to, to check that out, but that was announced at the game awards after Alan Wake two won best art design, I think, um, which is um, hysterical. Cause they announced that on the mic. <laughs> they did not, um, <laughs> They did not pay for the ad slot to announce that, which I think the, is, is very the smart. The confidence in that. The confidence. Yes. yes. Um, but that is out today, I believe. So by the time you're listening to this, you um, can absolutely go ahead and give that a shot if you've already beaten the game. But um, Justin, can we talk about the news and the game awards? Oh, can we? World premiere. I'm just kidding. They didn't do that anymore. But they did. Um, they said world premiere like twelve times. At yeah, least did say that. But they didn't. They didn't do the graphic. Justin. Yeah. It's about the graphic. Like, like I started off the pre-show, and then it was hosted by Sydney Goodman, right? And she kept yes. saying world premiere, and I was like, listen, I read all the press material. I looked at this. I knew that was a yes, story. Yes. And then good old Jeff says, oh, world premiere, and I was like, who? What? Who, what am I watching right now? I was um a little uh uh. I felt like Sydney Goodman's jokes were a little off. Do you feel that way? Usually I, I find, felt, usually I find her jokes to be right on spot on, but I felt on the stream they people seemed to laugh at them. Okay, gotcha. But they they seem like jokes I would write as a like for like a teacher like in front of a class. That yeah, like I know yeah, like, like one person might get it, you know what I mean? Or I would I would say like I would sort of do like wouldn't it be funny if this announcer in this fake comedy show I'm writing made a joke this sort of silly and, and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Not important. I, I, I thought I think she does a really good job, actually, um, in, the, in the, all the pre-show stuff. But uh, Justin, what do you want to do? Do you want to talk about Game Awards announcements? You want to talk about uh, uh, Game Awards uh, results? Where, oh. where do you want to start with this? Uh, I have so many questions. I think, you know, most people we can talk about the results in just a bit. I think most people we're not in the game awards who are listening ah, to this. They weren't sitting you're right. in the game awards. So you're I want right. to, I want to know what was it like to be in the room where it happened? 
Um, well, let me just say, uh, every single time a celebrity showed up, I texted um, my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, Timothy Chalamet's here. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know. did, you, did you think when Timothy Chalamet showed up, they were going to be like, Liza P's DLC today? Well, so Elena thought that he was in it, which makes sense. Um, but uh, I love that they introduced him as his <laughs> YouTube name. Do you know what I'm talking about? What's his YouTube name? So uh, he okay. So a few a few years ago, when he was on uh, doing like the Dune press tour, um, it was discovered. This, I was working at Game Rant when this happened because uh, I wrote a story about it. Um, he, some journalist found that Timothy Chalamet had a YouTube channel when he was in like high school or middle school, where he modded Xbox controllers. Like he would like custom paint them, and he only made like two videos. Um, but he was called like custom Xbox controller 360 or something like that on YouTube. That is and so, so when he walks funny. out, instead of introducing him as Timothy Chalamet, they say, and now it's a stage. We welcome you, uh, gaming YouTuber, Xbox controller 360. <laughs> that is so funny. Like, yes, and that's one of those yes. things right over my head. Didn't even realize that, but that is just so funny. Uh, like, like I think that that is, is truly, truly funny. So, oh my God. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, so so let me say uh, basically how it works is so it's at the Peacock Theater in downtown Los Angeles, um, City of Angels, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers like to say. And um, uh, in basically you, you walk in uh, to this like the area in front of the theater, like you show your ticket that, to get into that area. And basically that's where people wait before the doors open. And so I just got done doing like actual like industry event stuff. And let me just say that the vibes of like the people showing up to see the game awards are very different from like hanging out with people who are actually in the industry. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I feel like there is a different level of sort of like expectation for people who are there. For example, the person who is sitting to my left at the actual at the actual awards um, was like cheering and shouting when games won or like like audibly like ah like groaning when games he didn't want to win won. As if he was at like a sports game. Do you know what I mean? And there's yeah. nothing wrong with like, like don't get, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not judging this guy. Like, you know, it's exciting to be at this thing, you know, and, and like, like it's fun to do that, you know, but it is also a little bit like, like, I don't care necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, like not, I don't care, but it's, it's like, it doesn't matter to me. It's just, it's just a fun award show. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think it has to do with validation, though. Like, people who like things are validated when other people like it, too. Um, that is very true. You yes. know, like, just to know that my favorite game of the year is everyone's favorite game of the year. Um, I know some people don't necessarily care about being in the majority of a situation, but I can understand why people get invested in things like award shows and stuff like that. Um, I often think about one of the toughest years for me as a movie critic uh, when... Um, Social Network and The King's Speech were up against each other. Um, both are two of my favorite movies, like really in the past you know, 20 years. Um, and I was like really conflicted with which one I wanted to win. And then ultimately the one I chose uh, between the two of them ended up not winning King's Speech. Great movie, but I preferred um, dropping the from Facebook better. Because King's Speech did win, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But And again, yeah, both yeah. are great movies. I mean, I've watched The King's Speech more, way, way more than I've so watched. It's such it's a so good, good, such a good movie. Um, but 
He goes, fuck and tit. I show that to my um, I show that to my seniors uh, speech class every every year at the end of the semester because um, our semester ends for college like two days before everything else. So like we have two days to just watch a movie. So I show them that. It's always one of my favorite parts to show them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film. It's it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, so so the vibes are a lot different. But basically, like before the show, about an hour before is when people start showing up and they have to wait in front in inside this like gate gated area um, in front of the theater. We didn't do that because we were like talking with people. And that's like when I met I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or, or if this was in the the, uh, the bonus episode. Like I got to meet Doug Bowser and like that's when that happened. Um so we, we were like busy sort of like doing that stuff before we actually went in. Uh, but so you go inside the lobby once doors open and um, there were a handful of people in the lobby that, that people were talking to ran into Greg Miller, got a picture with him, talked to him for a little bit. Um, and uh, there's like a giant game awards statue that was like in the lobby that people were waiting to take pictures for. Um, the line was too long for us to, to even bother, but um, we got sent to our seats. We sat down. It's a pretty large theater. Um, it wasn't totally packed. I also know that they were doing like seat filler spots where basically like if you don't have a ticket, you can show up to a place for security and then they will say like, hey, like, you know, we're trying to fill the auditorium to make it seem like it's totally full. You can get in for free, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get in. And also like the seats that you might get might not be great. You know, um, I, had a, I had a handful of friends who did that. But um, yeah, so, so you walk right in. It's a, it's a pretty big theater. The seats are pretty comfortable. A little armrests on either side. Um I was to the back right, the stage right, or audience. So the um, house. If you're facing the stage, to the right, yeah. Um, house right. But so I sat there with me and my me and my friend Sam. Had a nice old time. It was like, what, like three and a half hours. It was it was kind of a long show, um, as as these things tend to be. But all in all, it was it was a pretty fun show. The energy in the room started very 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 hot, and then it kind of got um, people people got tired. I think it got kind of mellowed out as it went. Um, the, uh, the audio was a little weird. It wasn't super loud, uh, to the point where like if Jeff was talking and people were cheering or clapping or laughing or something like that, like he would be drowned out, which was a little weird just because I was like, well, we're in this giant theater. Like you'd think that they'd have the mics sort of like hot enough to catch everything that they're saying. Um, and same with like some of the trailers or even some of like the, when they do like the, uh, orchestral like arrangement of everything, um, that also was was kind of quiet, which was a little surprising, but um, it's a good time. Was I will say there was there was some. What's that? Uh, was the show you watched the same thing that was streamed, or was there anything that happened between, or different, or added extra? Um. So yeah, like there are a few things that were a little bit like not different, but like you could tell. Hey, this was done specifically for the stream. For example, when Gonzo the Muppet comes out. Um, there's a lot of suspending your disbelief when you have to see a man's hand inside Gonzo's ass. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, I mean, like, whoa, you know what whoa, I'm saying? Whoa, like, what, what kind of show was this that you saw? Did you go? Yeah, <laughs> did you go okay, to the Moulin right, Rouge? Okay, Justin. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a sexy Los Angeles showing. Um, <laughs> no, but you, you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. that reads really well on camera. But for me, watching a man sort of stooped down <laughs> below Gonzo. I mean, and there was like a curtain sort of covering it all up, but co- covering the dark deed, but, um, <laughs> but not, you know what I'm not saying? Not like, his like nose though. Things. You know what I mean? That was oh. visible. <laughs> waka waka. That's Fozzie Bear. All right. Um, it's, it's a matter of time until Fozzie's on there. There's a Muppet on every single, uh, game boards. That's true for the past like five years. Um, 
Yeah, but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, th- like that sort of thing is is like okay, you can sort of see that that um, it was staged that way, or like uh, you could see when the performances uh, when those were getting ready to to go because you could see them being set up. So, for example, when they did that like Norse like sort of like uh, a performance for Hellblade, the he- Hellblade, um, yeah, yeah, uh, like we could see them getting set up. Uh, as as like other trailers and stuff were going, which got me really excited because I saw the Norse mythology stuff and I thought it was going to be that Alan Wake God, thing, oh, the old Gods oh, of Asgard. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, or even when um, I knew when the Alan Wake thing was coming because they had set up this giant curtain, and uh, and the guy who played War- Warlandor was standing there like ready. And I, I thought I thought you haven't gotten to the Alan Wake portions of the game yet, but like. He he goes on this talk show pretty frequently. That's how a lot of these his sections start. And he sort of like like whips out from behind the curtain really fast. And I thought he was going to do that. And I was really excited. It didn't happen. They just like dropped the giant curtain. Ah. But I sent a I sent a picture to my brother because he was watching really excited for the Alan Wake performance. Um, like two trailers before of like them getting like you had the curtains up and Warlandor was standing there. And I was like, Jacob, it's happening. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, that that performance especially was was pretty excellent because um, they use real pyrotechnics. My brother thought it was on the screen behind them, but it, it was real flames and fires and stuff like that. Um, filled the whole auditorium up with smoke, which was awesome. <laughs> um, sure, it's safe. Yeah, that was great. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, uh, did you prefer there's anything else there? What's that? Did you prefer watching it in person than you did at your computer screen? Um, I think it's difficult for me to say, right? Because because this was my first time, and the excitement of actually being there was pretty was I was I was pretty stoked to be there. Um, I was also you know I'm right in the high of like meeting some like personal heroes of mine and stuff like that. So like knowing and also knowing that after the awards were done we would be going out and and you know getting drinks with and, and hanging out with people like that again so like it was already kind of an exciting moment for me so it's hard to say specifically if, if that was better because of that stuff or because it was like in person and live um it certainly felt like three hours let me say that you know uh, or three, three and, and a half, half hours yeah 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 so like you know uh, i definitely like being at home because I don't have to necessarily be there for the whole thing. Or like if I'm catching up on the stream, if I'm not watching it live, I'm going to skip through the mobile game ads or the whatever. Two times speed, baby two times speed. Yeah, Exactly. And even then I can, I can watch like, even if it's stuff I am interested in, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this, this two times speed just for the sake of catching up. But, um, it was cool. I, I had a good time with it. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else notable that happened? So was there any, when anything got like called for the winner, was there any uh-huh. like feeling, like extra feeling of excitement or energy in the crowd for a specific game when it was announced? Um, It seemed, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but like there's been like this response to Spider-Man not winning anything and like people thinking that like, how did Baldur's Gate 3 win over Spider-Man? Um, And it's like, guys, it was not between Baldur's Gate three and Spider-Man for game of the year. I'm sorry. It wasn't, you know, um, (laughs) if, if Spider, if Spider-Man was the only other game there, then yeah, it would be between those two, but like, eh. it wasn't, there's a few other, few other, it's here's the kingdom. Now I'm like, dude, there are some things in front of that. Um, 
but uh, there was definitely some energy when Baldur's Gate 3 won because people were so excited. Um, like I said, the guy next to me was like really, really fucking stoked for just about everything. Um, <laughs> I will say also, so there was like a switch. So basically there was a guy who was sitting directly next to me and he was there for like a lot of the esports stuff. And so anytime anything else happened that was not esports related, he did lean over to me and ask what was going on, for example. <laughs> so like three hours of this show? <laughs> Um, he was only next to me for like 30 minutes. Um, at the very beginning is when Zelda won its thing. When Aonuma got up there and, and presented or, or no, 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 sorry. They showed, um, footage of like, like there's a bunch of like, you know, celebrity greats or, or industry greats in the, in the audience tonight. We got like Todd Howard and like AG Aonuma and the guy leans over to me. He's like, who is that? And I was like, uh, producer of Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, got um, it, got he it, ended got up it. moving. Because because there were a lot of empty seats in my row, so he ended up moving all the way to the end. Uh, and then the the next guy to his left, so to my left, was um, the guy who was like stoked about everything. Um, I will say it was interesting because you know we've talked in the past about like not being able to know the difference between like an ad and an actual announcement. The ads, so there are three screens in the theater. There is one on either side of the actual stage, and then there's the one on the main stage behind everything. And so, if it was just an ad. The lights would come up for a little while and then it would only play on the two side screens. But then if it was an actual announcement or a part of the show, it would play on the large main screen, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like it, it helped distinguish like I know this might sound weird, but it like helped distinguish stuff to actually pay attention to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Can, can I also say I wasn't as confused this year watching it as I have been in years past. Um, mm-hmm. there were still some times when I didn't know if a commercial was like announcing something new. Um, but it was pretty clear, like we're in commercial break and we're coming back. And I think I'm going to kind of call that probably to be part of the no more world premiere every now and then to like really confuse me yeah. what is new. But I think, I mean, being there itself would be so much better because I'm the kind of person who watching it on my phone or my TV and I'm like, my phone's up next to me or I'm like, just like paying attention to it, maybe like 50%. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Instead of like being 100% invested in it. But I will say that, that a lot of people like, uh, like I, I wasn't like specifically on my phone during the, um, like during the, the show, but like I did, you know, I'm texting people about like work stuff or like I, I did take some videos of different things and like the lights weren't fully down for the whole thing. So like, you know, when the lights were fully down, I obviously wasn't doing any of that, but like for the most part, like it was, it, it did understand, hey, this is a three and a half hour award show. Like we, we can't expect people to yeah, be like one hundred percent invested the entire time. Um, it, like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely. pretty good um, in, in that regard. But uh, yeah, that is that was my experience at the Game Awards. Do you want to hear um, the results for our um, for our game our, our game predictions about who won? Yeah, or do you want to run down the list of like? Uh, how how did how did you want to sort of um um present that? Um, did you just want to run down the list of what we predicted and what actually won or I think I don't I think we can always just have like people can go back and listen to that to a certain degree. Um Okay, okay, okay. Because I, I thought for the most part we weren't crazy with what our results were. Um re- just a real quick sum up here. Um you won the esports speed round of the year. Congratulations, Peter. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You got two of the five guesses correctly. I got zero of the five. Um, you properly guessed that um, <laughs> Potter would be this coach and Valorant would be the best esports game. So congratulations. You put that on your make make a little little pin about it. Um, um thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate this win. Um, but some of the things I, I guess I can go through some of the things that we kind of both got correct. Um, we both got the uh, best game direction as Alan Wake 2, uh, correct? We both called best art direction for Alan Wake 2. We both called best performance uh, from Neil Newborn. Um, we both called best independent slash maybe not independent game as Sea of Stars. <laughs> um, we both called best debut indie game as Cocoon, best mobile as Star Rail, um, best uh, action adventure as Tears, best RPG as Baldur's Gate, best fighting game as Street Fighter, um, best sports racing as Forza, um, and then best adaptation as The Last of Us. So a, a pretty hefty amount that we both guessed correctly. Um, and then some of the notable splits that we, we had, um, I called Tears of the Kingdom um, as the game of the year. You correctly called Baldur's Gate. Um, I was hoping that people would remember what the actual game of the year was that they played this summer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sure it's a great game. Um, I don't care. Um, it's very good. But um, we sp- uh, we split on best narrative. Um, you said Alan Wake 2. I really got caught up on the word narrative. I was overthinking it, and I put Baldur's Gate because that has the most stuff with it, so I got that incorrect. Um, we split on best score in music. Final Fantasy 16 was mine. Um, you chose, I believe, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. For best what, music? I, yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I think it won, didn't it? No, Hi-Fi Rush won for best um, Sound audio design. design. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. For that one, you guessed Dead Space, and I guessed Alan Wake 2. Um, which I guess it makes sense because we talked about sound design being like literally the mechanic in Hi-Fi Rush in like a really interesting yeah, yeah. way. So I think that made sense for me. Um, we also split. Oh yeah, but, but the best, sorry, I don't know if you said this or not, but the best score in music was Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. Um, yes, got it, got it, got Which it. I totally agree with. I mean, that, I mean, obviously that's what I voted for, but like, Jesus fucking Christ. Talk about the moment of the show where they did the Final Fantasy uh, 7 Rebirth theme. Yeah, I know. That was that was great. That was awesome. <laughs> um, was that like game footage? Did they like say that? Was that like actual game footage or did they just have Aerith dressed up singing? Because I I, I don't know. <laughs> I was a little confused as to what that was. I mean, maybe they're going to go the Final Fantasy X-2 route of them being pop stars, but... Um, yeah, I wasn't clear on that. Yeah, but anyway, that was, that was a cool moment. Um, we also split on VR uh, game... Um, you put, um, for that one, I believe you put call the mountain. I put resident evil village and then we split on best multiplayer. Uh, I had Baldur's gate. You had street fighter six. Um, which to be honest, Baldur's gate, really (laughs) did it win that? Yeah. Best multiplayer. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Apparently it's really good. Apparently it is extremely good. I hear, I heard, but I also heard it's really buggy. Like that's where you get the most bugs in the game. Um, when you're playing oh, yeah, with bet. someone, it's probably just like, like that. Um, a couple ones that we got incorrect, uh, was accessibility, um, innovation accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, we both thought Spider-Man was it. Forza ended up winning it again. I thought Spider-Man was the lock for that category, but, um, there you go. 
Um, we both got games for impact uh, incorrect. Uh, we both said Venba. Um, you, your personal pick was Chia, though. It was um, Chia. Yeah, so and Chia was the winner. That was great when they had the... Um, uh, they had the developer video for that, right? It was a video, or were they in person? Oh, uh, I'm not sure if he was there in person for for Venba. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he that person was on. Um, no, no, the future no. class list. Venba didn't win. No, but they had a, a video about Venba. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about, right? I was talking about Chia when they accepted. What had happened with that? It was just the people talking about New Caledonia. Oh, I don't think we got that. Oh, I thought... was it? Sh- Shuhei Yoshida went up and accepted that award. Oh. Because because they weren't there. And so Shuhei Yoshida is the director of indies at PlayStation now. He used to, I think, be the... one. Of, he used to be one of the... Um, he used to be one of the... Directors. Yeah, but... The, the big, big wig execs. Um, but no, but... Uh, he, I, I was um, confusing the two moments. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so he went up and accepted that, and then there was a video of one of the de- one of the devs who made Venba. Yeah. Um, but he was a part of the future class, and so that was just like a video highlighting his work and stuff like that. Great game. Um, I, I, I don't I don't remember seeing anything about the the devs from Chia. All right, so this is where controversy comes into play, Peter. Um, yeah. Initially, uh, we tied fifteen to fifteen. Oh wow. We did. We did. Um, then uh, added uh, points uh, for our faves, our predicted picks. You got an extra point for that. And because of that, Peter, I ended up pulling ahead by a score of 24 to 22. Wow. Wow. Congratulations, Justin. Thank I feel you. like you won last year. Isn't that right? I don't know. It was close. And really, it was done on a technicality. We have to pick a better tiebreaker. Maybe rock, paper, scissors <laughs> next year, I think, is going to be it's going to be the way we break the tie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, Justin, man. Huge, huge win for you today. I know. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to thank my um, mom. I'd like to thank my... Are you playing me off right now? Wait, can you put that music uh, down? Yes, yes. Here's I the music. I can't hear me. I can't. <laughs> so that is something. I don't know what that was like on the stream. It was obnoxiously loud, the playoff music. It wasn't obnoxiously loud, but it was heard. It was very loud in the theater. Um, to the point where I would be, uh, I mean, I, I think for many reasons, the devs should have been uh, rightfully irritated and upset with that. But like the how loud it was, it was like just a big fuck you to like, oh, I won this award. This is the game awards. I have 30 seconds. Cool. And like, oh, you get 30 seconds to A.G. Onuma, the producer of the Legend of Zelda series who is speaking in Japanese and being translated. You have 30 seconds to say thanks. Fuck you guys. Game awards. OK, What's wrong with you? so. I think there's been a couple criticisms that have come out of this the the game awards in general um in the at, at you know in the the wake of everything and you were talking to people I'm sure who were talking more specifically about this at the after party I'm assuming yes um so the big kind of critique that I've heard around this is that the game awards didn't do enough for developers. And one of the things specifically that was highlight, uh, highlighted by this was the, those 30 seconds to talk about the games um, in general after the speech. Was there anything else that was kind of the, the talk or the buzz around like criticisms or critiques of the show itself from your experiences? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big one, there are, there were two big ones leading up to the show. The first one was, um, is the game awards going to address, um, what's going on in Gaza, right? And, and Palestine. Um, and, uh, I signed, there's an open letter from people in the games industry to Jeff Keighley specifically about like, Hey, address this, you know, every single year you talk about how games have the power to change lives and be meaningful and like actually like say something in the world. Right. So actually say something, Jeff, I knew with 100% certainty, there was no way that he or the game awards would say anything about that. I knew, I knew that they wouldn't because, um, with just the way that, that issue is viewed is very hot button and it is very like, big money people from the big money publishers are not going to be interested in hearing any of the, uh, pro Palestine side of it because that's like, those people are tend to be in the same rooms with and shaking the hands of the people who are helping fund that stuff. Right. That's just how it is. However, the other thing that a lot of people were really interested in having Jeff's talk about is the layoffs in this industry, because while it has been an incredible year for video games, um, uh, on VGC, the article at the top of their news, um, um, tab here is this. It's estimated that 9,000 games industry jobs have been lost this year. That's unprecedented. That's huge. Um, and, and so people were hoping that there would just be some sort of mention or some sort of acknowledgement of that from, from him. And, and like, listen, like I get that you are a company that needs to do, um, like, like you, you're a company that needs to do what it needs to do to secure your fund, your, your funds to put the show on. So you can't talk about Gaza or Palestine or whatever. I get it. But like to, to mention the games industry layoffs would have been such an easy, like slam dunk for you for, for the game awards. Do you know what I mean? It would have been so easy. Like right at the beginning of the, of the show, he's like talking about like, we have so many legendary um, game developers and, and directors here with us today. Like, is you know we're here to celebrate games but it's important to remember that while we do love the games that are being made it, they do come at a cost sometimes and people more than 9000 people have been laid off so we're hoping that you know all that stuff is be able to be resolved anyway moving on let's take a look at this first world premiere for Honkai Star Rail or Genshin Impact or whatever the fuck you know like it, it seemed like that was the thing that could have been so easily addressed and so e so non um uh what's the word like no, I don't think anyone would have protested if he had said something like that. Whereas like if they had said something about like the, the Gaza stuff, like I think that that would have been probably pretty controversial, but like, it's so non-controversial to say like, Hey, we support the people who've been laid off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, uh, going to the Gaza stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of issues in our country about like giving money and what it requires to give money to people. Um, I think yeah. if I'm going to get political here for a second, um, I, I think that they're dealing with funding other countries. You got to be very specific when you're dealing with other countries and talking about what you are and what you aren't going to spend money for. Um, and yeah. I think that while I'm pre I, I behind doors, the U.S. is against a lot of what Israel's doing. None of their policies or conversations in terms of money making and where the money's going supports that. And it looks, it's a terrible no. look. I don't yeah. think though that is what needed to be addressed at the Game Awards because that's mm -hmm. a divisive enough issue in our country. And that's an issue that 
I think is going to take away from the focus of video games. Sure. To, to a point. I guess it, a, a lot of people were, were just pointing out like, well, Jeff, last year you made a huge deal out of the Ukraine stuff. Do you know what I mean? And so they actually have gone in and they have since deleted any of their VOD stuff, like like stream highlights of, of any of the things that address the Ukraine stuff, because I think that their thing, their logic is like, if OK, you guys are saying, well, we did this before. So now we just aren't going to say anything about anything ever again. Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. do understand that there is that level of like uh, perhaps maybe unrealistic expectation of, well, you said something about this. So you must say something about this and then this and then this. So like I do understand that. But I, I also understand why people were disappointed that someone who who does get up on stage every single year and tout how powerful video games are and and how important they are for this, that and whatever it's for changing the world, right? Won't talk about something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when they had, especially when they had in the past about other humanitarian crises. Because crises again, would I have done that with other humanitarian crises? Probably not to to a certain degree if I were in charge. Because I think that is something that again, divisive issues are bad for companies that are trying to do a lot of you know trying to get a massive audience. Sure. In terms of the developer thing, you can sit here and say that shitting on publishers and shitting on these companies by basically saying that you've done a terrible job um, of supporting your artists this year uh, Mm -hmm. could be bad for a show that's probably paid for a lot by these big companies. That is something that I think is true. However, the Game Awards are literally about the game developers. It's literally about them. You don't have to, like, it's all, all of this is a marketing thing. All of this is about, like, looking at the situation and finding out how to make sure, how does the game awards celebrate game developers while not pissing off the people who are funding for a show like this that's happening? And you know how you do that, Peter? You fucking celebrate game developers. Yeah. And I... It seems so easy, right? it, It seems so easy. And the one thing that this show didn't do was celebrate the game developers. And I'm not saying that in order to do that, you have to have every award and every person up there speaking for five minutes. Um, Part of it is making this as watchable as possible. It was a very long show regardless. There was a lot of commercials and things in there. I get that, that we could have cut down some areas and extended others. But like, you gotta find a better balance and and find a way to get these, these... people who've worked hard on these games, people who even, you know, uh, these like actors and perform, uh, performers, Neil Newborn, right? Someone like him to f- get a moment like this that is career defining for an actor like that, to be able to have that moment on stage. You're not gonna get speeches like Christopher Judge's speeches, which yeah, it was fucking long, I get it. You're not gonna get speeches like Greg Miller when he won Trending Gamer and had that really great speech about game developers. You're not gonna get those moments and end of the day, those are what we remember. And those are the things that make the show such a powerful voice for it. So you don't have to, to vilify the game developers while also showing huge support and, and power for, I mean, you don't have to vilify the um, uh, producers, but you can still show support for these game developers by giving them a stage Agreed. where they fucking matter. Cause, cause like, I also don't think that the way to go is to say like, fuck these publishers and fuck these studios. Like, like obviously, cause those people are the people who are paying you to put this thing on. 
and, and like obviously don't do that. But it would have been so simple, at least in my opinion, to say have a single line about it. I would just like wah, wah, and then move on. You know what I mean? Because because at the end of the day, these shows are not about like like dealing with like that heavy stuff right they want to just be fun shows to to show off trailers right and that's fine but it is it's just it's frustrating right um because yeah and and like to your point like i think one of the most powerful moments in gaming maybe ever was when um the developer of that dragon cancer went up and and gave his speech you know what i'm talking about it was like in 2014 yep and he got up and he he talked about what that game is about and and how video games can turn something that are so deeply tragic and like so fucking un like unrelentingly bleak and sad of the death of a slow torturous death of a child into something that is moving for people and is like impactful. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And like, like, like I'm just thinking about that. Like I'm trying, like I'm, I'm choking back tears, man. Like it's so fucking powerful, but like all these shows want to do is be like, it's Simu and he's in a game that looks like a mobile game from 2005 don't you want to see that no i fucking don't <laughs> i simply fucking don't jeff Keeley. and then he had the fucking nerve holy shit jeff Keeley had the fucking nerve to then after the show it's getting it's getting just like berated um by by uh by people talking about hey like I can't believe that those people were all ushered off stage so quickly. You have people who are not native English speakers. You like, like, um, uh, like Sam Lake choking back tears, trying to, trying to say thank you for believing in us because no one did. No one wanted to fund that game. You know, Alan Wake too, a non-English speaker choking back tears, trying to find the words, right. Being ushered off stage. You have the, uh, studio director for Larian studios, honoring someone who fucking died, on their team while the game was in development from COVID being told to wrap it up. You have AG Onuma who is speaking, being translated, given 30 seconds to say anything. And Jeff Keighley has a fucking nerve to come out and tweet. By the way, I do agree that the music was played too fast for award winners this year. And I asked our team to relax that rule as the show went on while no one was actually cut off. It's something to address going forward. Fuck off. No, it was not addressed as the show went on, first of all. Second of all, you guys have rehearsals for this stuff. What are you talking about? Like, I, like, I think it's just, it is so, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, like, heated about this. I just think it is so disingenuous, disingenuous to say, like, yeah, you know what? We hear you guys. Um, I thought that that was wrong, too, but we should have fixed that. It's your job to fix that, dog. It is your job. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm heated, but... Oh gosh, um, makes me mad. Is what I'm trying to say. I want to. I want to bring up two things um, really quick here. So, do you do watch the Oscars ever? Uh, no. <laughs> well, you're not alone. Um, going back to 2000, the year. Do you remember the year 2000, Peter? Do you remember that beautiful I was, year? Um, yeah, I was uh, two or three. Yeah, Depends on yeah, what I, what time of the year. I you're remember wearing me. glasses that said 2000 on them, and I had a hat. That's what I remember. That sounds really fun. Good time, good time. Everyone thought the world would die. I was like, whatever. Um, So year 2000, the Oscars had 46.3 million viewers. So that is the peak of like award shows and viewership. It was how many? Sorry? Uh, 46,333,000. Wow, okay. 
In 2023, we had 18.7 million. So that is a pretty big drop off, massive drop off, not even half the game awards. I don't have official statistics from the game awards from this year yet. Um, I think we'll get some more in the next couple days. Um, For all intents, the the viewership was was very large. In 2014, Mm -hmm. the game awards had one point nine live stream viewers, one point nine million. In 2022. It had a hundred and three million. Jeez! So a massive uptick in viewership last year, um, and it's steadily going up. I mean, it really hit to massive numbers in twenty nineteen, and mm-hmm. I I think part of what I always have to try to remember here is that there are so many more people who watch these things than video game enthusiasts. You have your eSport person who is sitting next to you at the award show. Um, you have the person who uh, it wants to see Call of Duty on there again and make those comments on Call of Duty. Um, yeah. I, the, only way to tru- like, the only way to truly hurt people in terms of like fixing these award shows is by not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because the viewer, the the viewer numbers, I'm going to assume they're going to be higher this year. Like, how do you truly fix this? Because every every metric, this is going to be a success for Jeff Keighley in the Game Awards. Yeah, I like. I think. I think as more people talk about it, right, and as more people complain, I think that's how you get it heard. I hope that they hear. I hope that they hear us, right? Of of people saying like, "Hey, if this is meant to like." As an E3 showcase, that was pretty fucking good. We haven't even gotten to we haven't even gotten to to those announcements and whatever. Um, it was pretty solid with the announcements and the, and the things that it showed off. But in in terms of being like an award show, like D minus, like truly, truly terrible, you know. And, and I think that they've heard. I'm hoping that they've heard that. If Jeff Keighley's going to tweet about it and be like, "Yeah, you're right. Maybe we should change things up a little bit." <laughs> like I don't think it's going to change drastically. But like to me. I think that a three and a half hour award show would be a lot better if an hour of it were devoted to the awards more. I think it'd be a lot more, you know, tease it out through the whole thing. But but I think if like actually they spent time on the awards, it'd be a lot more digestible or do a tight hour and 50 minute show where you cut all the bullshit, cut out all of the the like just generic ass (laughs) trailers for whatever. I know people pay for it, but like. You cut those things out you know what i mean just make it a tight show but but this whole like three hour bloated long like trailer showcase with the under the guise of pretending to be an award show i think people are kind of over i also think though like going back to the oscars versus the um game awards numbers i don't think it would hit that many viewers i don't think it would hit that many people if it wasn't for the announcements and the extra stuff to it because I unfortunately feel I guess, like it doesn't like the awards ceremony part of things is not what brings people to this anymore. No, but, but I guess my thing is like, do, does anyone want this to be three and a half hours? If, if the bloat is felt so profoundly by everyone? No. Right. So like if it's going to have to be three and a half hours anyway, because you just want it to be, why not? make it more focused on the devs. You know what I mean? 
Because I don't think I think if it's going to say three and a half hours, like the people who are watching it for the trailers and stuff, the people those aren't they're not watching it for uh, whatever, whatever VR game is, is being shown. I'm, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be shitty about any of the games that were shown, but I am trying to say like, like some of that could have been cut in favor of, of keeping, having something a little bit more interesting in its place. And in my opinion, like, it, was it cool that Hideo Kojima and Jordan Peele came out to show off OD? Yeah. How long was that segment? Six minutes. How much did we learn about that game? Fucking goose egg. There's nothing. Fucking nothing. Yeah, Kojima came out and was like, basically said a bunch, a bunch of just like buzzwords about like I'm using the cloud, I'm using all this stuff. And then Jordan Jordan Peele came out and said like you got y'all not ready for this. You know what I mean? And like that's cool, that's great, I guess. But like, like six minutes and we learned nothing about this game other than I saw El Fanning or whoever the hell that was scream. <laughs> like, I, I think you know. I think what you said was would be really interesting uh, about having an award ceremony and having a showcase. I think that would be an interesting thing to try. I wonder how that would impact things. I mean, even doing something along the lines of the Oscars, they have like a pre like Oscars show before the actual Oscar show in which it's a much like they, they announce some of the smaller awards there and they have a more intimate setting where they have the developers like give their little speeches before, like in front of a smaller audience in a separate location. Um, if they did something, not necessarily putting the developers on a smaller stage necessarily, but have, you know, a time and a place where they are the ones on stage and they are the ones that are being focused on. So we just get that kind of stuff while having an, um, uh, and a show of announcements, However, I honestly don't think, I know you said it'd be a good E3 show. I don't really think this would have been a good E3 show. I think this would have been a low B tier, which isn't terrible, but yeah. I don't think the announcements sure. in here were hardy enough to justify two, over two hours of well, a show. If you cut, cut the fat, right? Like, I think that's when it might be better if you just say, Okay, we don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. Okay, we're gonna keep you know the new Atlas game. Great, we're gonna keep the God of War stuff. Great, we're gonna keep the um you, you know uh, whatever random stuff. Like that's all good. But <sighs> any announcements catch your eye? To be honest, no. I mean, there's some there's some interesting stuff like we can talk about. Like I think the biggest thing there um, was this the first time we heard of Blade. Yes, that was that was actually kind of cool. I thought I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, I, I I personally have no love for Blade. Um, I have lo- I have no love for Dishonored, but I have love for Deathloop. Um, but yeah. I kind of can question if what they're going to be um, doing in that is going to be closer to Deathloop or something like that. I mean, to me, that was something that stood out to me. Um, what do you think about uh, Windblown? Windblown. That was the uh, from the creators of Dead Cell. Really kind of hard to know what the. Oh, that looked that looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was like that that cool cutesy animated thing. Yep. But like they were getting murdered and stuff. <laughs> I thought that looked pretty sweet. Yeah, I think they're, they're all like bright eyed and stuff, and then it's like getting cut in half. <laughs> yeah, I mean Dead Cells. I never really got too too into it. Um, I played it a little bit just in passing. Fun enough game. It's just not my kind of style. Um, but already these mm-hmm. characters look more interesting. This looks like uh, what Vol- Goodbye Volcano High wanted to be. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I thought that looked pretty cool. Um, but I thought I, I did think like the concept of Blade sounds sounds pretty cool. Um, although I, I wonder what it will be like in third person because they did say that it is a third person game, and and I think that the you know Arcane's 
magic comes from its first person immersive sims. I know that they mentioned that it is an immersive sim, but I guess I've never played a third person immersive sim, maybe. Well, I guess Zelda um, kind of was. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting. Uh, again, interesting. Yeah. I'm open to it. Um, are you a Matthew McConaughey fan? Um, I was happy that he came out because I was like, hey, I just watched um, your movie, the big one, you, for the first time. Uh, not the Interstellar? One, like, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, th- this is like Interstellar, the video game. Yeah. By the way, do you know do you, that you were in two large crowds with Matthew McConaughey in a little over a year from each other? Was he at that game? Yeah, that we he, were was at? At the, he was at the, the Texas game we were at. He's a huge UT oh, fan. Um, and yes, I do know that. So he's going to start. You're going to have to get, get a restraining order um, against that man. He seems I, to be he, following, following you me. everywhere you go. It's kind of weird. <laughs> next, next time I see him, I'm going to be like, Matthew, Matty boy, we cannot keep running into each other like this. They're going to start talking about us. <laughs> um, that game looked uh, reminded me a lot of Returnal. Um, just in terms yep. of like what it was like, like given off vibe wise. And I'm pretty sure yep, yep, yep. good old Matt is going to be the AI person probably like guiding you on the journey, I would assume. So we were wondering, was his voice in the trailer at all? No, right? I don't think it was. Or if it was, it wasn't recognizable. No, no. I think he'll be some kind of like alien creature, kind of like omnipotent thing that is like kind of guiding sure. you throughout the game. But man, that guy can talk to me anywhere. Hey, if you ever have trouble going to sleep, Peter. Buy the audiobook of his book, Green Lights, and just let him... I was going to say, does he have an audiobook? Okay. Let him talk to you to bed while he's just reading some like some stories about him, running, eating lettuce, talking about green lights. Yeah. It's, re- it's, really, <laughs> it's really relaxing. <laughs> green light? What are you talking about, The Great Gatsby? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good book. Uh, look it up. Um... <laughs> um uh, I was... Uh, can I say, re-fant- uh, metaphor re-fantasio... I'm I am fucking stoked for that game. <laughs> Do you know that's well, the, that's the one by Atlas? Uh, um, I it, I mean, is like I is it more Persona? Like, what is it going to be? Do we know? Yeah, we we saw a little bit more. I think it was during the pre-show, or like it was like maybe the final thing of the pre-show. Um, it, it's like kind of a mix. It, oh man, okay. So there's like some active time combat stuff in it, and then there is some um turn-based combat in it but it's got like the um companion systems of like persona um i, I don't know if it has like the day night cycle stuff like those games do or like the time you know like the life sim stuff um but it looks pretty fucking good uh, and it's coming out pretty soon i think um i guess just 20 of 24 release date it says right here let's see here um but I don't know. Like I'm, I'm very, very, very into it, uh, and it looks right up my alley. Um, did you like Untitled Goose Game? Creating mischief with a good old goose. I did. I, I had a lot of fun with that. And um, what is this game called? It's called Big Walk. Do you want to create some mischief on a big old walk <laughs> with me? Yeah, it looked it looked fucking dumb <laughs> in a way that like is like very much my sort of thing. Um, yeah, big walk seemed seemed a cooperative multiplayer adventure. Yeah, so it's, um, it's a pretty pretty good game. Uh, uh, yes, it looked silly in a way that I'm about excited for that one. Um, what else came out? There was um, the. Are you gonna d- d- jump jump into uh, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla? It doesn't necessarily look like what I want from that right now. It looks like just kind of like another like uh, uh, wave based thing, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's it's like a roguelite roguelite like thing um, out today or tomorrow rather. Um, though Sony Santa Monica has confirmed that it is the epilogue to um, 
God of War Ragnarok, which is weird because I thought that the epilogue was the optional epilogue that I found <laughs> in the game that served as an incredible, poignant period on the the grief that is displayed in that video game. Oh, right, that's the that, that's um, with uh, Sindri, right? Yes, yes. A whole fuck. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that's pretty good. Damn. Pretty. Those are all the swear words I know. Oh, that's bastard. Oh wow, that's. <laughs> anime taught me that one um, <laughs> they're always like bastard anyway uh yeah that yeah i probably won't i'll probably look up the story content stuff in that game if i want to like i just like i'm what a year out from having finished that game so like i just don't know like am i gonna be able to jump into that combat and play effectively probably not no 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 um, i barely could do it when i was like at my peak um yeah what do you think of this od game i mean we didn't see anything from it we saw some faces. I saw and that's cool. I saw like a door. Um, so Jordan P- is that Jordan Peele's theme song? Uh, no, like that, like kind of like synthy, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, does he even- I don't think so. Does that no? Do you want? Does he come out to that before? No, I don't know. I just want a theme song. That'd be fucking cool. Uh, here's my answer to that is nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think that's one only. Uh, no shit, fuck! Uh, I messed that one up. <clears throat> um, I think that's one only the two of us will get. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, Justin! With that, keep peel. Hey, Aaron, and I said, <gasps> "Bitch!" One, <laughs> yeah. probably one of the most quoted sketches in our household. <laughs> it's incredible! It's incredible! Um, they're very funny. Um, I was hoping that I was hoping that uh, Keegan Michael Key was gonna come out of that door. I thought the door was a reference to PT. I mean, because I like like let me let me look at the door in that in that. You know what I'm talking about? There's like the light over the door. Um, I thought it PT. was a reference to Game of Thrones. Is that? I don't know what that means. Just you know, fan theory that came true about a door. About yeah, about a door. Got to hold it. Um. Let's see here. Hold Booting up the beginning of door. Oh, it definitely is, dude. Holy shit! It's totally a PT, PT reference. PT door game awards door. Do you think? Um, do you think? Uh, 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 do you think that's simply going to be? Um, that game is just going to be PT. OD PT. I don't. Uh, didn't you, there was like a reference to PT in that? Hold on a second. Uh, OD PT reference. Who's this? Um, I don't like these people. These faces are scary. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, this is a Kotaku article titled Surprise, Kojima Hid Silent Hill Reference in OD Trailer. Um, the name uh, Atami, A-T-A-M-I, is hidden in the OD trailer. There are around 42 to 44, at the around 42 to 44 second mark on the OD TGA teaser trailer, you can spot the letters A-T-A-M-I in the mouths of the cult actor Udo Kier. Um, fans were quick to point uh, to point this out and have begun un- uh, theory crafting about what that could mean. It's very hard to see in the... Um, it's very hard to see in this in motion at full speed if you don't know what to look for. And it's made um, doubly hard by Internet compression of YouTube. Atami, a city in the Japanese prefecture uh, Shizuka, which, as um, some might know, itself loosely translates to Silent Hill, is suspected by some to be the source of inspiration for the town in the original 1999 PSX horror title Silent Hill. Mm. 
Um, yeah, and then it says the trailer and stage set for OD also referenced PT. That big door Kojima walked through on the stage at the Game Awards wasn't just a prop, as fans pointed out. It looks like a direct reference to the start of PT. You can see the door again in actress Lily, uh, Sophia Lilly's eyes at um, one minute fourteen seconds in the OD trailer. So, so that's wild. What you're telling me is that Blue Box Game Studios is back at it again. They're coming yep. back. Hassan Karaman. OD is here, and they're um, going to show you exactly what Blue Box has been up yeah, to. Yeah, if you, if you rearrange OD into a different word, you get do, and it's do check in on Blue Box. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible. Um, let's see. Baldur's Gate 3 is on Xbox now. Um, it was not mentioned during the show, but um, it, it, it's out on Xbox now as of the, all, the showcase. We, we all knew that, right? Is that a Game Pass? Um, no, but they did release the statement about uh, it, this was like over the summer or something. They said like how much it was going to cost them to have bought uh, Baldur's Gate 3 to put on Game Pass. Not bought it, but like paid to get Baldur's Gate 3 on Game Pass. And it was a significantly lower number than I'm sure it is right now, having won six Game Awards. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, that, light no fire looked kind of interesting. Oh, sorry. Go on. Light no fire. Light no fire. That was the the no man's sky follow up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So uh, they they brought out what's his name again? Um. Sean the, Murray. The, yes, Sean Murray came out and um, he basically said like you know we've done all this stuff in no man's sky, but for the past five years we've also been working on this thing. And they were talking about like what could be bigger than the universe? Like how could what, what could we do next? And he was like, what if instead of doing a universe, we made we made Earth. We made a planet that is actually as diverse as Earth is with miles and miles. It's like he said, like where you can see mountains, but they're not video game mountains. They're actually miles and miles big. Um, it is extraordinarily ambitious. I think they've learned their lesson from the overpromising of No Man's Sky. But also, I don't know. What do you think? I think it, it, this is definitely like first we're going to give you unlimited universes now it's just like fucking just a planet i got one in me that's all we got i feel like they're giving you the right expectation <laughs> but i feel like that's so much more interesting though you know what i mean like like we talked about with starfield when they're like a thousand planets but like what's on those planets fucking nothing truly nothing like but this is like they actually are making something that is like as diverse as earth is which i think is just kind of cool you know what I, I mean? i'll be interested to see like it how the world is um, if it's mm -hmm. like a MMO game where you're on a server with the, like with a group of people, I don't know if I'll be as interested in that per se. Um, yeah. If it's like a strand game where like echoes of other people are left behind, um, that could be a cool thing to kind of deal with. But then you'd have to get the whole stranding copyright from Kojima, and I don't know if <laughs> yeah. I don't know they were yeah. in the same show. Sean Murray, Hideo, Hideo Kojima, all spells Hassan Karaman. <laughs> Rearrange it all. Uh, I know you haven't finished it, but any interest in the Final Fantasy 16 DLC? Yeah, I, I, it's a no from me. I, I would be. Um, I'm hope it's free, right? No. Okay, fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be. I'll be blessed if I can finish that game by the end of this year. I really do want to. Um, but I, there's probably in the next couple of weeks. I mean, Alan Wake. It's what 20 hour game. I'll probably get Alan Wake done and then Baldur's Gate and I will at least start Baldur's Gate. So probably not going to finish Final Fantasy 16 and I probably won't play the DLC. I, I worry. I wonder, is Baldur's Gate going to be for you? I doubt it. I doubt it. I know. I'm worried. 
Why are you worried? What, really good. How's it going to hurt you? Is it your game of the year? It's really good. Is it your game of the um, year? No. Okay. No. Then, well, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well. But it's really, really good. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll play it. Like, why do? You, why do you think I won't like it? Um. <laughs> don't say it's because it's a good game. I will. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, like, I'm trying to think of like how to how to say this in a way that like I think succinctly gets what I mean. Um, don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm, I'm going off of your history of the types of games that you tend to like, not necessarily because of who you are as a person. So please don't take this the wrong way. Um, but the, the game asks you to really deeply engage with it in a way that I find, I think you tend to not really like, does that make sense? I would say to, it, this, if I don't like this game, it's going to be because mm. of when I played it. And, and that's what I'm saying too, right? About like, if you play this over the summer when you have the time to like actually like get deep into the mechanics of something and like really understand the nuances of it, then yeah, I think you'd be really into it. But if you're having to play it like kind of rushed in order to like just like get into it, like I, I don't know if, if you're gonna really jive with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of intentionally saving it for like the last thing I play this year. It's like kind of like the last yeah. thing, just so that's what my focus can be. Um, I mean, this is such a rough year. There's so many things that I want to play. Um, maybe we should do a campaign. Is that possible? You have it on Xbox? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have it on PlayStation. Mm. Justin? Justin, if that's what you wanted to do, because I, I was I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, I was like, damn, I want to replay this game and, and make some different choices. But I was also like, I'm not even done with it yet. I don't think I'm halfway through it. I just started Act 2. I don't think I'm anywhere close to beating this thing. So I would do that with you. Do you want to be, you want to be some bad boys going around the town? I'll do whatever you want. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Content. I love it. I would, that would be, I think, I think we would have fun with oh that. Oh my God. Yeah. Least. Like actually do role playing with it. I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I, and then also it might help too, to have like someone there kind of coach you through it in the beginning. Because like at the start, like I don't think it does a really good job with this tutorial for for the most part in terms of like just explaining like how big it can go, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think that that might do you, do you some good. Well, Justin, I think that just about does it for our the game awards roundup for today. Um, I was gonna say, oh, uh, I, I think we mentioned this in previous episodes, but it, it, so if I'm repeating myself, please stop me. Um. But uh, just as a reminder to our listeners that we are not going to be doing our game of the year stuff until I think January. Is that right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so that he, Justin has time to play Baldur's uh, uh, Gate 3 and Alan Wake. And uh, are you did you dip into Dead Space at all? I'm going to try to dip into it. I'll, I'm going to probably I want to get as far as I got in the original one, which is sure. not super far, but I, I am going to experience it. I was going to say, like, if you play like like 90 minutes of that thing, if you sp- spend an afternoon with it, like, I-, I think you will, like, get a get a good gist for what it is without having to require you to play the entire thing. Um, but yeah, so so we're going to be getting into that in January. So um, look forward to that in the 
I mean, we got a few weeks until then, but um, it will, we'll, we'll keep you updated when, when that comes around. Um, until then, I want to remind you that you can join our Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, Dave Parker, and GKS. Every single week, those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Sometimes they're longer. Uh, today was kind of a longer main show episode, and our bonus show was also a little bit longer. So, um that one you can have free on the house um no i mean not that episode but like that extra time is free on the house if you want it if you subscribe for three dollars a month (laughs) um there's also there's a bunch of other episodes on there uh uh, we've been doing it for well over a year now um so there's plenty of additional content for just three dollars a month and if you cannot support us on there that's fine you can follow us on twitter at hitboxpod um and rate this episode in your podcast player of choice justin it's impossible to think that we i could have forgotten something we've been talking for a one hour and 51 minutes almost as long as the game awards uh if we did it for another hour and fifth in 30 minutes um, but uh, am i forgetting anything here justin justin at this point peter looked at the time and decided the episode was over justin agreed but he also wanted to play some alan wake when he was done so he did yeah, yeah he does yeah he does it's really good isn't it it's, it makes me it's good i want to get back to it for sure yeah yeah all right well then uh, i i'm not gonna keep you we will catch you next week always remember old games are old bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>